20 years old, I've, I've had the experiences of seeing PTSD firsthand. One of my really close friends in the US military really had a bad experience. I, I didn't really understand what you know trauma and loss really was. When you have somebody who is truly struggling, who you're close with and you don't know how to help them, that's when I knew that I had to start research. On today's show, we're talking to Brian Feminella, the CEO of SoundMind, an organization trying to help victims of PTSD. And what makes this particularly interesting is that Brian and his exec team are still at college. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly tech podcast with myself, David Savage, where we talk to leaders from across the industry and bring you a bit of technology news. Welcome to today's edition of the podcast. Akeesh is joining me back from heroics of a 60 knock to get your cricket side through quarterfinal to a semi-final. That's it, mate. That's it. Ever-changing. But yeah, bit sore, hurting, but glad to be working from home. These are the days where you're you're very, very glad that your commute is just from your bed. You don't have to go up and down stairs and walk and get on the train all aching and that sort of stuff. So yeah good good is day it just physical exertion or given that you got through a quarter final and you scored a few runs was yeah. there a few and you're a little bit you know yeah it was a, it was a bit of mental ones as well because our, our our captain was unavailable um he had some family commitments so yeah i was stepping in as skipper as well so a bit mentally drained oh. as well so it's a little bit yeah and then for those that that know about cricket um we didn't have the best weather this week in in london or surrounding areas so yeah, just kind of taking everything into play and making some decisions and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it was uh, went through a lot mentally, but come out on the other side, so which is good. Top is good. work, top Cheers, work. Man. It would probably be stre- a stretch to say that it gave you a bit of post-traumatic <laughs> stress, right? Yeah, it pro- yeah. You're sl- okay. I'm, I'm fine. I'm I'm you're fine. Okay. I'm, I'm very okay. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I see what I see what you're doing there. <laughs> <laughs> joking, yeah, joking aside. Today's podcast is dealing with uh, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Obviously, something very, very serious that affects many people. Um, this is an interview with Brian, the CEO of Soundmind, who. As you were, you were about to discover, is a bit of a force of nature, building a company while still a student, uh, doing something truly uh, phenomenal, really. So please do listen to this. Uh, and then myself and Akeesh will be having a chat about it afterwards. So today we're talking to Brian. You're the CEO at Sound Mind. How are you today? Thanks for taking the time to chat to us. Of course. Hi, David. How are you? It's nice to be here. Not too bad. You're based in California, right? I am. I'm currently in Los Angeles right now. And and how is Los Angeles at the minute? I, I have to admit, I kind of I getting we're getting huge amounts of news from the US, but it's quite difficult to kind of keep track with everything that's happening in, in various different states, etc. I absolutely agree. The US is kind of wild right now, but um Los Angeles is okay. Um a few weeks it was a little scary. Uh the cases were almost at ten thousand a day, but you know, we're slowly going back down thanks to our phenomenal governor. So hopefully we'll be able to, you know, be able to leave our homes sooner than later. <laughs> right. Well, look, I mean, there is there is a, a pertinent reason behind asking you what's going on with COVID, which we'll come to. But before we do that, do you just want to explain um, what, what Sound Mind Solutions is? Of course. So we are all young college students who decided to start a company based on PTSD and helping individuals who have post-traumatic stress disorder whether that be from 
the military or whether that be from first responders, which is a big part of COVID-19. And we are a tech-based solutions organization that truly focuses on creating more specifically mobile applications that are able to be used 24-7 by those who are experiencing the after effects of PTSD, no matter where their trauma may have occurred from. Now, look, if you don't mind me saying this, it's a fairly somber subject uh, that you're tackling and one that you might not imagine someone straight out of college tackling. You might imagine if you're straight out of college and, and you were starting a tech business, it might be to do with gaming or something along those lines or something that's a, that's a B2C proposition rather than tackling something around mental health and, and well-being. Absolutely. And obviously that has a lot to do with your backstory. So you, you were um, in the US military, right? I was. Um, I left high school after my junior year um, to go to basic combat training and really jumped right into it. And it's there where I really learned, you know, people come from different walks of life, different experiences, and you really are introduced to a world that is completely different than what I grew up around. And for me, you're right, David, it, it is a somber subject. Uh, what we are focusing on, unfortunately, does have a very large need right now. And in a, in a positive tone, what we're doing is so critical. And at, at 20 years old, I've, I've had the experiences of seeing PTSD firsthand, having my close friends and my close family members experience trauma that has re resulted in PTSD. And sometimes the PTSD has resulted in one developing depression or increased anxiety. And to share with you, David, um, one of my really close friends in the US military, you know, really had a bad experience and he was young like I was and completely lost a majority of his memory. And for me at 18 at the time, I, I didn't really understand what, you know, trauma and loss really was. And although he's still here and with us, um, thank God, he, it's, it's very difficult. He's relearning his new life and kind of whatever happened before the incident is kind of a blur. And when you have somebody who is truly struggling, who you're close with and you don't know how to help them, that's when I knew that I had to start research. I had to start researching how music therapy can be used to treat, you know, any of the symptoms or auditory triggers from PTSD, especially with the relation to ethnomusicology and then the natasonics, which is the relationship between sound and violence and how my friend and other individuals with PTSD relate certain sounds that might be normal to you or I as, you know, an auditory negative response that they react to. Or, you know, aside from music, how we can use game-based rehabilitation and create some small amount of, pla small, small platform, if you would say the least, to be able to have individuals play certain games that help regain or, or refurbish their memory and help them grow on the cognitive scale as well. So we're not only a music approach and also like a tech-only approach, we're also a scientific approach and SoundMind is completely backed in terms of our research. We ensure that every feature that we want to go forward with is backed by substantial research and by colleagues and doctors in the field that we are pursuing. So look, there's a couple of things to unpackage there. First of all, this is an area that I know very little about, but it's quite interesting listening to you talk there because I don't know whether you've seen it or not. It's quite an old show now, but The West Wing was one of my favorite shows Um when I was at university and post-university, one of the storylines in that is, is uh, that one of the characters is shot at the end of the first season and suffers yep. from PTSD. 
And there is an episode in the second season where he hears music and the music triggers him to relive those experiences. And it's, it's a very well done episode that kind of highlights a lot of what you're talking about, I suppose, if you have no idea about this subject area. However, you, you're talking about something that's wholly complex, that's very, you know, you, you, there, you say there that it's got to be backed up by the science. How difficult was it for you as an 18-year-old, now a 20-year-old, 20 to be taken seriously? And I don't, I don't mean to say that to, to to talk down to you anyway. I really don't. But of course, you know, people will naturally look at your age and go, "Why, why are you doing this?" I suppose as a, as an initial reaction that you, I, I suppose, have to overcome. I, I think David, you nailed it. I think on the money. I think when people ask me, "Oh, as a, as a founder and CEO, what is the biggest struggle?" It's not my team. They're amazing. It's not, you know, the abilities that we have. We're very skilled. It's getting the respect and the trust from people in the industry. And in order to do that, I've had to put two years aside to really focus on research and dive deep into connecting with doctors and scholars in the music and the ethnomusicology industry and in the neuroscience community, those who are extremely focused on neuroplasticity in general. And you really had to work through them and through our connections and through the colleagues that are now, I consider good friends who are doctors who have worked through everything with me, they've allowed me to gain some you know, credibility in the research field. But in, in, in a bigger picture, it's difficult. You have to really go through all of the red tape, if you will, on, on everything. Because you're 20 years old, and you're saying, oh, look, we have this. If it's one thing I could tell anybody, it would be that don't let people look at your age and determine whether or not you have the credibility to do what you're doing. I think you got it on the money when you told me that, you know, is it hard to get, you know, respect and, you know, have people take me seriously? And you're absolutely right. It is. But working with doctors who focus on neuroplasticity and other doctors of musicology and ethnomusicology and then others who work in neurosurgery, you're able to really get a community feeling of people who are experts in the community who have allowed myself and my research team to guide into this field and actually have the science backing. But if it's really one thing to take away is if you, no matter how old you are, have been involved in the PTSD community, whether that be 14 years old, 17 or 50, you have more of an understanding than others who have never been through that before in any capacity, which really takes away that don't let age be a defining factor if you have a passion and an understanding for how to help a community that is so underrepresented. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, the, the military is your background and PTSD, you immediately think of the experience that your friend, unfortunately, has gone through. But Absolutely. We, we mentioned at the top of the interview that, that COVID had some relevance and people on the front line of uh, medicine and emergency services and, and key workers are seeing some fairly horrific sites right now. How are you looking at adopting what you're doing to, to some of those circumstances? Of course. So obviously COVID-19 has taken the world by storm and our team around, I'd say late February, sat down together and decided that we are going to completely shift our focus to focus on the frontline workers. And that includes military first responders, firefighters, doctors, nurses, 
ambulance workers who are truly on the front lines. And the reason why, David, is because you have to think about it. These people are used to going to work in the same environment, helping their patients and going on a steady routine. And when this happened, ERs were completely overfilled. Doctors and nurses who, and I hate to be vulgar here, would go into the break room for a coffee or a bite to eat are, are stuck looking at bodies piled up because there's nowhere to put them. That's just a completely different war zone-like aspect that we see in the military that now our nurses and doctors and surgeons are seeing firsthand. And what we want to do with SoundMind is immediately get this in to hospitals and into the hands of these American or anywhere in the world heroes, the heroes of our world that are every day fighting for a cure for what's going on right now. And I think something to note is that SoundMind is going to be accessible to them anytime they need it. And with that, I don't think that a lot of people who have developed PTSD from COVID-19 will fully experience the effects until it kind of settles down and they're able to reflect on what they've been through. And that's when we want to come in and be there for those individuals. Yeah. How are you balancing this? Look, to be, this might be a really stupid question, but how are you balancing this with your studies? Because what you're doing is is building something that could have really transformative effects for a lot of people who need this. And there's not a solution out there, as, as, you, as you say, that's quite delivering this. But you're still at college. Yes, I am. It is very difficult. Uh, my entire executive team is all still in college. It's a lot. We spend a full-time job on top of our other jobs and on top of our other studies and on top of our graduate school applications to work on this. And how we do it is we have such a strong, tight-knit bond and we're there for each other. We do mental health check-ins as an entire company. We make sure that during our meetings, we have everyone speak about their progress, but not only their progress, how they're doing mentally and physically so that we're able to continue to create that positive atmosphere and that positive culture that allows us to be able to balance both. But in terms of myself, it is difficult at times. But one thing I'll tell you is when you have a passion to do something, you don't care what hour of the day or night it is. You want to get it done so you are able to help the people who you've been dying to help since I started my research three years ago. And and look how how does how is the platform evolving? You, you mentioned um, there about uh, the the relationship between music and and how that can help people. Uh, kind of you mentioned maybe some some gamification. How 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 does it? How does the the platform work so it delivers something that's truly personal to that individual that works for them? Of course. So how we're evolving critically is we're going to focus on three main components. One is, I would call it the composer, which is where an individual is going to be able to select their auditory triggers and what causes their stress or response out in public or whether they're walking by themselves. And these triggers will then be inputted into our system and certain sounds, whether that be music clips or ambient sounds, will be layered on top of each other to be able to allow certain profiles to be created based on what the individual likes to listen to, what triggers they don't like. For example, if they have a trigger that's a loud sound, 
we have to use our music library to make sure that loud and rough music is not incorporated in their sound profile. And another thing, David, which is an up and coming topic is we're going to have an entirely new section on binaural beats that's going to allow for different Hertz frequencies to be heard in each ear by the user if they have headphones on, which is going to also add an extra layer of individuality because they're going to be able to select you know, what their mood is. And based on what their mood is, certain binaural beats will be played for them so that will all kind of contribute to the overall mood or feeling that the music exemplifies based on what the user would like to listen to. Mm-hmm. And another unique thing about the music part, David, is that if they're experiencing a trigger, they're going to be able to immediately open the app and click a large button and they're going to click it that they're experiencing an episode or experiencing discomfort. And the minute they click it, it's going to immediately link to the, what they last listened to or their profile itself so that it's almost like an immediate response. It's almost like a 911 music call, if you want to put it into that perspective. And another big thing that we're focusing on is creating our own individual mindfulness seminars and having game-based technologies, which are going to be focused around different mini games that help to address memory loss. We're not going to say here that we're going to fix memory loss or we're going to completely reshape how we help an individual regain their memory. No. But what these games are going to be designed to do, which will not be available in our beta version, but in our final version, because we need more time to develop them, is they're going to allow for more of a positive feedback and allow us to really focus on neuroplasticity on the science aspect where where these games are fun and interactive and don't make the user feel like they're in a test for their memory because that's not what we're trying to do. It's going to allow the user to have a good time, but to also help them in the long run. Look, I, I think it's fascinating. I think it's an amazing area. Um, I think your passion is is evident. Um, and the fact that you're still doing this whilst at college with an executive team who are all still at college is frankly, um, you know, for someone who's 35, uh, my university days were not half as near productive. So <laughs> that is that is... <laughs> That is just astounding to me. But um, I really appreciate you spending some time and talking to us. Uh, I hope that Sound Mind continues to grow. I hope your studies continue to go well. Uh, And thanks for taking some time to talk to us on the podcast. Absolutely, David. Truly an honor to be on the podcast. And I really appreciate you letting me come on and share our story. And for anybody listening, if you'd like to learn more about our efforts, please visit us at www.soundmindsolutions.org. Thanks, everybody. I will make sure that there is a link in the uh, show notes. Right. I mean, I don't know where exactly to begin. I mean, Brian and his team, I I mean, I said it towards the end of the interview. I certainly wasn't doing anything like this at university. Neither was I. Neither was I. I think we can start off with just giving him a a massive shout out and and round of applause for for what he's done, for what he is doing and what he wants to achieve, um, being at a very, very young age as well. and the fact that he's gone through a lot with his own personal story and he's come out on the back of that thinking, how can I put two and two together? How can I use what I know? And, you know, people that I know are going to be going through things like PTSD and, you know, with his kind of close friends, um, build a platform which which will enable those and, and help. But also, 
for people like me that you know don't really know much about PTSD in terms of I don't know anyone I don't think that has gone through it or or you know people that have experienced that sort of depression or, or kind of low times in their life um just some education it, it lends a lot to education which then you could argue also would help prevention later on down the line or, or sooner prevention um which is great so yeah hats off to you brian um keep going mate it's top work and look i suppose it's it's one of those things that i yeah you you say you don't know a huge amount about it i don't know a huge amount about mm. it i know it affects people i know it's a very real condition i think mm. it's one of those things that you know in, in, the, in the past was kind of Oh, what's that? It's been given a name, you know, you've just got to pull yourself yep. together. And there's a lot of people who who obviously have come back from war zones and it's not well understood and they've not, it's not been treated. It's not been recognized. They've really mm. struggled to fit back into society. Uh, and I suppose with the whole recognition around mental health awareness over the past mm. few years, it kind of can be emboldened a little bit by that. But to find someone who's so young being that heavily involved in pushing the agenda and having the, conviction to you know he talks about we've grown this community mm. um of scientists to give him that credibility but to go out there and build those relationships and to pursue this having seen what it does to people firsthand i mean it's it's remarkable it's it remarkable is. It um, is, uh, yeah and also i think he must have got a lot of pushback i'm i'm, I'm assuming and, and you know a lot of people must have seen this young guy you know kind of coming in and, and and trying to you know whether it was to 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 find someone to to support the the cause or find someone to help build out the platform or, or add to the community or just gain some insights they must have thought what is this guy on about you know um yeah, yeah they yeah. might they might be a bit nicer in los angeles i don't know um never worked there never lived there but i, I think i think if brian was in london uh he may have come up a, you know against some stiff uh kind of comp you know not even competition but just some stiff personality just to be like get out of here you know um yeah, job yeah. on sort of thing so, yeah. well I, I imagine there might have been some pushback from i kind of get the impression looking at his linkedin that maybe his parents have been very supportive but you you could imagine some parents being like you need to concentrate on your studies you can imagine someone going off to university or college and and their lecturers and, and teachers being like this is a great idea but right now you need to concentrate on your studies and mm. the fact that he's obviously been empowered to to really pursue this and get stuck into it and build the company whilst he's still a student and then bring people with him on that journey who mm. are also students. Yeah. You know, let's spend time doing this. Yeah. It's fantastic. And it does make me kind of think if we go back to some of those episodes that we had where we featured Audrey and Holly and Vanessa um, and, and Sonia um, earlier on in the year where we had kind of young, youngish. Uh, mm. up-and-coming uh women mm. you know from the ages from ages of 15 through to their early 20s not waiting for permission not waiting for someone to say yes absolutely go ahead and do this but doing something because they went they went looking for something mm. found it wasn't there and decided to create it themselves brian brian kind of matches that brian fits squarely into that category very different subject but he hasn't waited for permission. He hasn't waited to be told that he can do this. He's just gone, I've got a friend who's come back from war zone who's really struggling and I want to try and help. Yeah, and exactly. And, and also just to, uh, I think the biggest thing that I got out of it, not was the idea and, and hey, this is good or, yeah, this is definitely what's in it. It was just a, as a person, just a compassion and empathy um, that, you know, he, he kind of showed 
he he's well within his rights and and you know he's i'm sure he's got a, a, a an absolute kind of you know successful career and future ahead of him given you know kind of the, the stuff that he knows and and kind of where he's gone to university and his kind of background so he probably didn't have to get involved in this you know i mean you, you could argue you could argue he he's young he's bright you know he's tech focused he, he he could have gone and and you know kind of knocked on a few doors in in the Silicon Valley, and I'm sure he would have been you know give, given a desk and a chair to to prove himself. But mm-hmm. I think the fact that he's actually looked away from that and 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 kind of taken the bigger picture, and then also persuaded his friends and people in his network to come in and do it, you know, um, is it, hard enough telling people that you know and that people trust in you, you know, to to come to a restaurant that you you believe is very very good, right? I mean, we've all been there. Um, hey, guys, you know, should we go try this place out? And everyone comes up with 101 kind of excuses or the area or the prices or whatever. So imagine him turning around to his kind of, you know, close counterparts going, hey, guys, this is an idea. I think this is, you know, kind of really good. Would you want to get on the journey with me? We can help a lot of people. We mm. can raise a lot of awareness. And also we can use that passion for technology that we have. You know, the fact that he's able to to do that with his parents, with his friend, friends, with his, his counterparts, but also the... The, the, the kind of community I think is great um, yeah. he must be a good salesman as well probably need to speak to him actually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get some and, then, and, then the, and then the pivot that they've obviously gone through recently with with COVID as he describes you know medical frontline medical professionals are seeing stuff and mm. you know we, we've we've done the whole uh, clap for carers and yeah. and we've done the whole appreciation that you know you know the NHS and key workers are putting themselves out and they're working mm. in in um i suppose under great stress mm. and in difficult circumstances we haven't really had a conversation about what effect it might have on those people mm. um and and it it will be having a profound effect on some people yeah um so having the having the fortitude or or, or, or sorry the, the the ambition to go this shouldn't just be for military it's not just relevant to people coming back from from a battlefield it's relevant to people uh, who are seeing some horrendous things due to the pandemic right now is is a fantastic use of that tech. Mm, no, exactly. And and I think just it, with PTSD, I always used to have an image of, you know, you watch movies and television episodes, you always thought it was someone coming in from a, a war zone or a battlefield, you know, people that had seen horrific, you know, kind of injuries or horrific kind of scenes or had to go through certain things. But if we look closer to home, you know the kind of stresses or, or or the kind of trauma that people would be facing you know in in a kind of day-to-day job that they're actually paid for that they've learned to do or or kind of yeah, a skill that they have but how will that be affecting them mentally and then away from that things like you, you know you hear about it all the time with with um you know accidents or, or you know kind of things that happen or incidents that take place in people's lives it has a massive effect so yeah, products like his, yes, although it, it kind of the the conception or, or the, you know, kind of start of it was from a military kind of point of view, I think it's very much transferable, um, yeah. you know, into all walks of life, really. So, yeah, hats off to Brian. Brian, thanks for being our guest, Soundmind. Uh, incredible company. We'll uh, include some links to have a look at their business in the show notes. We're going to have a very quick break and then we'll come back to talk about algorithms and bias perhaps
Welcome back to Tech Talks. I went to a shit school. I mean, it wasn't. There were some yeah. great teachers and it did good by me. But statistically, yeah. in a deprived part of the country, I think the agency pass rate was something like 30-something percent. Yeah. I'm reasonably sure that via this algorithm, I wouldn't have done as well <laughs> at exams because of the area that I came from. Hmm. We were chatting and joking before to say that you probably would have done a bit better Probably, yeah. yeah. I, I was in, yeah, a little bit on the opposite side. I, I went to a very, very good school, um, very prestigious in, in the area and, you know, great kind of results. And I was destined for a lot of success uh, after I left, after I did my GCSEs. But then, uh, like I was joking, you know, I found the, the legal age of drinking and, and going out and clubs and, yeah, you know. Well, the stuff was more, more appealing. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, you'd probably argue that I didn't actually spend that much time in school to get the grades. But, um, yeah, so I, maybe the algorithm would have helped me. So I probably would have got into, you know, my kind of first choice uh, university, to be honest. Um, but who knows? It, it's, it's just it's just crazy. And, and the more and more I've kind of read about it, you know, the, there's the bias on postcodes, but then also the, there's a lot of kind of speculation around and I hate to bring this up again, but around the the kind of, you know, the inclusion and the diversity side where a lot of candidates from a, you know, non kind of English household or English names, you know, feel like their grades have been have been docked or, or kind of, you know, they've actually been, you know, kind of um, put back a, a grade or two. Um, I saw some sort of graph. I think it was. 70% of, of kind of BAME students actually think that, you know, they, what their predicted grades were, the, their real grades don't reflect it. So there seems to be some sort of a disconnect. Um, so, yeah, and I hate to admit it, but I don't know. Do I agree with it? Uh, absolutely not. But, you know, what, where, where are we going? It's very difficult. I, I understand it's a very complicated, difficult situation. Yeah. Uh, let's not talk about whether or not it's been handled well or not. I think mm. that's for other people to talk about. But the one thing that I think it does highlight is technology has unintended consequences. Here we've got an algorithm that has massive amounts of bias that have been mm -hmm. uncovered, and there is a lack of responsible leadership in, 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 in implementing it that has led to a complete catastrophe. Yeah. And when we talk on this show about technology and responsible leadership and unintended consequences of tech when it's not thought through, here is a really brilliant example for people to go, in, in a very tragic way, but here is a brilliant example for people to go, ah, that's what we mean when we say about employing technology without thinking it through and the unintended consequences mm. it has. Exactly. And also, uh, just consult someone. I, I mean, I, I don't know who, who built this algorithm and they probably won't admit it was them and put their hands up because I think, you know, the whole student population of, of the UK will, will absolutely go mad if they find out who kind of built it. But just kind of consult someone, take take a bit more of the, the human approach. You know, it's fine leaning onto technology for things. It's fine where, you know, tech is the focus of what you're trying to achieve, but just be human about it. And it, this is not, you're not talking about one single person. These are households that will be affected, not just now, but later on in, in the line. And, you know, kind of people's livelihoods may be affected by this. Um, and you, you're not encouraging the right practice for people um you know kind of moving forward who knows what next year's a level gcse results will look like will it be another algorithm are we going to be in another lockdown who the hell knows but whatever we do we need to kind of fix this um 
and yeah, there's there's a lot of pressure on people to to kind of provide answers. So let's see what happens, and we completely sympathise. Um, and if yeah. there's any students that need any help, you know, we're we're always open to to kind of help out in, in whatever we can do. But yeah, Akisha, here to talk. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Just very quickly before we wrap up the show, I wanted to mention this as well because I think it's it's brilliant. It's a brilliant piece of tech, but it's also totally useless. Um, no, that's not true. A bit but, like what we talk about. <laughs> yeah, a bit like me. Um, uh, Garmin have released a new watch, the Fenix 6 Pro Solar, right? Right. I'm a Garmin fanboy. I have a Garmin, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rag on Garmin too heavily. But basically I wanted to mention this because it's it's got a um a solar uh battery charging ability uh, built into the watch. Um so basically it will self-charge. So yeah, the power glass covering on the mm-hmm. screen doubles as a solar charger. It works all the time, even indoors, but requires bright sunlight to meaningfully top up the battery. Right. Okay. Now that, yep. great on a bright British summer day. Yep. How many of them in a year, though, do you actually have? So, so that means it's probably only good for, you know, uh, other parts of the world and not, probably not you know kind of the uk i guess i know I mean, you would have been fine if you had it a few weeks ago you would have been absolutely fine Ab- yeah absolutely yeah, but no do you problem. really want to go running in that yeah i don't know no although i did see a few people running whilst i was cruising along the road in some aircon and i, I do you know what i looked at him i went fair play you're you're oh, you're brave you know you no, are i love i love running mate and my my reaction was to look at people like that and go idiots uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so so th- this this watch is 140 pounds more yep. than the version without the solar charging is it worth 140 quid more given the weather that we have in the uk most of the year there's the question there we go fine if you live in utah maybe not so good if you live in the uk yeah but i guess they just want to pull something out don't they it's 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 like all the watches you know even if you look at the non-smart ones it's all uh yeah it's all a lot of fuss for not much kind of added value to the customer let's be honest you know people charging thousands pounds more just for a different font in the lettering but we're not going to name the read uh the the brands but yeah it's crazy (laughs) right akish uh enjoy your week it's tuesday we'll be back on friday uh until then i, I hope you're feeling a bit less sore from the cricket yep. when we next week <laughs> hopefully cheers mate <laughs>